We are Centrepoint Church. This is a recent recording from our Sunday morning gathering. We hope you can join us at the Odeon Cinema in Guildford, Sundays at 10am. Enjoy the message. Yeah, so I'm Emily and I'm a student paediatric nurse at the University of Surrey. I started coming to Centrepoint last October um, after starting university and I serve on the Fly Flies team, so looking after the zero to threes on a Sunday morning, if you haven't met me. Because I'm quite new, I thought I'd give you a bit a quick history to me in case you haven't met me. As I'm sure you can guess from my more pale con- complexion, I was born in the Caribbean island of Trinidad. <laughs> However, more fittingly to my complexion, I've grown up in Alton, Hampshire, so just half an hour down the road. Last year, I had a gap year before coming to university, where I had the privilege to spend five months on a discipleship training course with YWAM, Youth with a Mission, a Christian organisation who equip predominantly young adults to know God and to make God known to the nations. For me, this meant spending three months in New Zealand, where I was equipped and trained before then spending two months in Indonesia on medical missions. This time for me was where I started to really understand who God says I was, to not allow what others had said about me to affect how I live for Christ, to not hide behind walls, but to walk with God, knowing that he will be with me wherever I go. God really changed me over this time, to take steps of faith where some small and some big, to not rely on my own strength, but to look to him and trusting that he will go with me when I step out in obedience. This morning, I'm going to be talking about Esther. I want to share how Esther inspires me, give an overview to her story, and share some of why I believe she should inspire you too. Esther was a woman of God who took a step of faith, and I want to challenge you over the course this morning to think about where God is calling you to take a step of faith. We will be in the book of Esther, and if you'd like to start turning to it, you'll find the book of Esther in the Old Testament, the first chunk of the Bible, and it is found between Nehemiah and Job. If you don't have a Bible with you this morning and would like one, then one of our team in the yellow T-shirts will come round and give you one if you raise your hand. Um, And if you're raising your hand this morning because you don't actually own a Bible yourself, then we'd love to bless you by taking this one home with you. Write your name in the front and take it home. We believe it will really bless you. Seeing as Chris has asked me to speak on someone from the Bible who inspires me, I figured I probably ought to tell you why Esther inspires me. She inspires me because she made a decision to stand up, to take a step of faith in obedience to God that led to deliverance for the Jews. She had compassion and spoke out for her people, using where God had placed her to influence those around her. Esther also counted the cost. She wasn't blasé about the potential cost for obedience to God, but she considered the cost worth it. Esther was a woman who didn't let her past or her background disqualify her from speaking up. Now, before we jump into chapter four of Esther, let me just give you some context and an overview of the story so far. Esther was born in a Jewish uh, family in post-Babylonian exile, where Persia had replaced Babylon as the ruling power. While some Jewish families had returned to Jerusalem, experiencing a reasonable amount of control over their own affairs. Esther was in Susa, a Persian capital under the rule of the non-Jewish king Xerxes. 
And as a minority group, the Jews in, in Susa would have been viewed with suspicion. Esther was an orphan, cared for and adopted by Mordecai, a distant family member, after the death of her mother and father, and was described as beautiful with a lovely figure. The book of Esther starts with a banquet set out by the king. The king requests Queen Vastiae to display her beauty to those at the banquet, but the queen refuses. Upon advice from the king's wise men, Queen Vastiae is removed from the palace, and a new search goes out for beautiful young virgins to be a new queen. Esther wins favour with everyone who sees her and is chosen as queen. In chapter 3, we find Mordecai, Esther's guardian, refusing to bow down to Haman, one of the king's noblemen. Because of this, Haman is enraged and tricks the king into issuing a decree that would not only kill Mordecai, but all of the Jews in the king Xerxes' kingdom. And this is where we'll pick up in chapter 4, but let me just pray. Lord, I thank you that we have the opportunity to gather here this morning. And I pray that as we read your word and as I, I draw some passages out, Lord, I pray that you would speak to us, that our hearts and our eyes would be open to you, that we'd be focusing on you this morning. Amen. So Esther 4, and I'll be reading from 1 verse to 17. When Mordecai learnt of all that had been done, he tore his clothes put on sackcloth and ashes and went out into the city, wailing loudly and bitterly. But he went only as far as the king's gate, because no one clothed in sackcloths was allowed to enter it. In every province in which the edict and the order of the king came, there was great mourning among the Jews, with fasting, weeping and wailing. Many lay in sackcloths and ashes. When Esther's eunuch and the female attendants came and told her about Mordecai, she was in great distress. She sent clothes to him to put on instead of his sackcloth, but he would not accept them. When Esther summoned Hadak, one of the king's eunuchs, assigned to attend to her and ordered him to find out what was troubling Mordecai and why. So Hadak went to Mordecai in the open square of the city in front of the king's gates. Mordecai told him everything that had happened to him, including the exact amount of money Haman had promised to pay into the royal treasury for the destruction of the Jews. He also gave him a copy of the text of the Edict for their Anana, which had been published in Susa, to show to Esther and explain it to her. And he told him to instruct her to go into the king's presence, to beg for mercy and plead with him for her people. Hadak went and reported to Esther what Mordecai had said. Then he instructed him to say to Mordecai, All the king's officials and the people of the royal province know that for any man or woman who approaches the king in the inner court without being summoned, the king has but one law, that they be put to death unless the king extends the gold scepter to them and spares their life. But 30 days have passed since I was called in to go to the king. When Esther's words were reported to Mordecai, he sent back this answer. Do not think that because you're in the king's house, you alone of all the Jews will escape. For if you remain silent at this time, relief and deliverance for the Jews will arise from another place. But you and your father's family will perish. And who knows, but that you have come to a royal position for such a time as this. 
Then Esther sent her reply to Mordecai. Go gather together all the Jews who are in Susa and fast for me. Do not eat or drink for three days, nights or day. And I and my attendants will fast as you do. When this is done, I will go to the king, even though it is against the law. And if I perish, I perish. So Mordecai went away and carried out all of Esther's instructions. Today, I want to draw out of this passage how Esther responded to the edict placed on the Jews. How she sought counsel from those around her, sought God in response to what was going on, and then chose to speak out despite the cost. She sought counsel. Throughout the book of Esther, we see Esther going to those around her who had more knowledge to gain wisdom from what, from what to do. We see this in chapter 2, when she is first presented to the king and wins his favour. In chapter 2, verse 14, when the turn came for Esther, the young woman Mordecai had adopted, the daughter of his uncle Abihel, to go to the king, she asked for nothing other than what Haggai, the king's eunuch, had, had, who was in charge of the Hermon, suggested. And Esther won favour with everyone who saw her. She used the experience of Haggai to act in a way that would be desirable for the king. She wasn't trying to take all that she could have because of the luxury available to her by in, being in the king's palace. But she simply saw that she was there for a reason. She did it to the best of her ability, drawing on the wisdom and knowledge of those who had gone before her. We also see Esther seek counsel in chapter 4 with Mordecai about the edict to kill the Jews. In verse 8, he told him to instruct her to go to the king's presence, to beg for mercy and plead with him for, the pe for her people. Esther listened to the guidance of Mordecai, but she also recognised the cost of his suggestion and therefore weighed what he was asking her. In verse 14, we see Mordecai highlighting God's character and nature to Esther. For if you remain silent at this time, relief and deliverance for the Jews will arise from another place. But you and your father's family will perish. And who knows but that you have come to a royal position for such a time as this. Mordecai recognised and wanted to show Esther that she was not just in the king's palace for an earthly purpose, but for a heavenly one as well. That God had placed Esther where she was so that, he could speak, so that she could speak up against the Jews. But he also knew God's character. He knew that God chose, gives us a choice, that God would save the Jews throughout, through someone else if Esther didn't step up. Mordecai was able to call out and point Esther towards what she could not see, reminding her of the truths of God. How do you view where you are right now? Where you live, where you work? Are you viewing it with a heart that open to a purpose that is not just our own, but God's? Are you receptive to what God is wanting to do within your area of influence? I challenge you. Do you have people in your life who are pointing you back to God, highlighting him when you cannot see him for yourself? Are the people who encourage and challenge you in taking steps of faith? This could be through a life group, ministry leaders, elders, or just friends who are further along in their walk in faith. I challenge you about who you've got around you. She sought God. 
Esther knew the cost and she knew she needed God. We see this in chapter 14, verse 15 to 16. When Esther sent this reply to Mordecai, go together, go gather together all the Jews who are in Susa and fast for me. Do not eat or drink for three nights and day and I and my attendants will fast as you do. When this is done, I will go to the king, even though it is against the law. And if I perish, I perish. Esther calls those around her in community to fast and to pray. We not only see this in Esther, but throughout the Bible, that there is something so significant about coming together to seek God for someone or something. In Matthew 18, verse 20, Jesus is speaking and says, For where two or more are gathered in my name, there I will also be. Isn't that such a powerful promise? That not only as we gather here together is God with us, but he's also with us when we go out, when we go to our life groups or to a Bible study in smaller groups. God goes with us when we invite him in. Esther recognised that she needed God's strength, that she was going to go to the king, that she would need God to prepare a way. Fasting for three days demonstrated that she was fully relying on God, not just spiritually, but also physically. By fasting, she was releasing human control. She couldn't control um, how the king would react, but she was so willing to be obedient to God's call on her life, whatever that cost may be. Are we willing to let go of some of the control in our lives and trust God? I am someone who really likes to have control, to know what is going on, but God has slowly been teaching me the importance of trusting him. When I was on missions in Indonesia, We turned up knowing very little of what we were going to be doing or how it would play out. God had to teach me about letting go of control. That the plans that we did have didn't come to pass, but he had plans that were so much better. And God was so faithful. As we pray and we seek God, he shows us his plan for our time there. There is so much power in prayer. Later on in the book of Esther, we see how God came through for Esther and she was successful in pleading with the king and the edict is removed but throughout the whole bible we see answers to prayer i've seen them in my own life answers both big and small i would encourage you to come to god with the small prayers as well as the big as among other things it really builds our faith esther knew that she needed to hear what god is was saying to realign her heart with his She knew that she couldn't rely on herself, but that through God, all things were possible. God never promises for it to be easy, but he promises to go with us through his Holy Spirit. It says in Deuteronomy 31 verse 8, the Lord himself goes before you and he'll be with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. She spoke out. In chapter 4 verse 14, Mordecai highlights that the choice God has given Esther. For if you remain silent at this time, relief and deliverance for the Jews will arise from another place. But you and your father's family will perish. And who knows, but that you have come to a royal position for such a time as this. Esther could have chosen to not do anything. No one in the palace knew that she was a Jew, as Mordecai had told her to conceal this when she first became queen. Her life was not at risk, and she was living in comfort. Why would she want to sacrifice her position as queen? 
Esther would have known how the king had thrown out the previous queen simply for, simply for not coming when he asked her. How much more severely would he treat her for going into his presence without being asked? It would have been so easy to discount Mordecai's request. Presumably it would not be worth the risk. I don't know about you, but I so easily talk myself out of situations where God is calling me to step out. When there is an opportunity to talk about God with a non-Christian flatmate or a colleague at work, I so often discount it, thinking it won't, it won't come to anything, it will just be awkward. What if it ruins our friendship? Yet Esther chose to still speak out. She stepped out in obedience. I once heard a quote that said, we live in a time where our, we love our friendships more than our friends. This really challenged me. Do I care more about the comfort of my friendship with someone than I do with the salvation of their life? Because when we really care about someone, then the number one thing you could want for them is to have eternal life. To understand the gospel message of unconditional love that is poured out on us through Jesus Christ. I believe that Esther understood this. She knew that she was part of a bigger plan, that her obedience in stepping out would be part of the history of the Jews and therefore Jesus. She counted the risk worth it, that it was worth the risk of losing her comfort she had in the palace. It was even worth dying because she would have done it for Christ. To be able to step out in obedience for Christ, we must first understand who we are in Christ. Esther could have looked back on her life with a negative self-worth. She was an orphan, a Jew, which made her part of a minority group in Susa. She was in the palace because of her beauty. She could have discounted herself, feeling unqualified or unworthy to go to the king on the Jews' behalf. For so long, I didn't understand who God said I was, and this affected my obedience to God. Growing up, I was shy and timid. I was someone who let others speak rather than myself. In my mind, other people could share the gospel better than me or could pray more eloquently than me, so I may as well leave it up to them. My mindset was one of allowing others to share the gospel, to speak into situations or stand up for things they believed in because I had the misconception that they could do it better than me. I didn't see the worth in the voice that God had given me or where he had placed me. I was blind to the fact that God had a plan for me in a situation I was in. I didn't have to be loud or know what to say in order to speak out in obedience because God had placed me where I was for such a time as this. He formed me and made me who I am for a reason. It says in Psalm 139 verse 14, I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. Um, I know this is a commonly known verse, but when we truly grasp that the creator of the universe, who made us who we are for a reason, then it makes it much harder to question if we're qualified to step into all that he has called us to do. Esther saw God's heart. She understood that her past, her qualifications didn't define her. She didn't need to be qualified. She didn't need to know the exact words to say. She just needed to step out, to take that step of obedience. What was the worst that could happen? She would perish. But she would have done it out of obedience to God, so she counted it worth it.
Esther chose to step up and step out in faith, to speak out on behalf of the Jews, and that is why she inspires me. She took that step of obedience in faith. In Hebrews 4, 15 to 16, we are reminded that we are not alone in being called to take steps of obedience, but that Jesus did it first. He set the example and made a way for each of us. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to emphasize with our weakness, but we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are. Yet he did not sin. Let us then approach the God's throne of grace with confidence, so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. Jesus took the greatest step of faith when he died on the cross, so we could be set free and enter into a relationship with him. When it became time for Jesus to be put on trial, we see how he sought counsel, sought God, and spoke out. When we see in the Garden of Gethsemane how he wrestled with the thought of sacrificing his life, yet he sought his Father for counsel and for wisdom. He took his pain to God. Father, if you are willing, take this cup from me. Yet not my will, but yours be done. This is said in Luke 22, verse 42. Jesus asked his disciples to pray for him as he prays, calling on the community around him to support him in his pain. Jesus took his step of obedience in going on trial before the rulers and ultimately making a sacrifice for us. He died for us, trusting in God that this was set us free, and it did. He defeated sin and death and rose again. Can I ask the band to start coming up? I asked you at the beginning about steps of faith that God is calling you into. This probably won't look like going to the king or going to a cross, but whatever it is, big or small, I encourage you to bring it before God, trusting that he has a plan that is bigger than our own. He has placed you where you are for a reason, with the skills and the personality that he has because he wants to use you. Don't let the labels that other people or yourself have placed on yourself to define how you're acting in your life or how you're stepping out in faith. This is something that I've learned over time, but I really encourage you to, to let go of the labels that, that other people are, are stopping you from stepping out in faith. Stepping out in faith with obedience with God is such a privilege. Esther didn't have to partner with God. He gave her a choice, but she chose to do it, and she gets the reward. She got the reward in heaven, but she also goes down in the history books. She's someone that inspires me, and I hope she inspires you. It can be so easy to, to discount what God has called us into, to, to push it away, to say it's not worth it. But I really encourage you to take those steps of faith. When It might be scary or worrying as you do it, but it is so worth it. The reward is so great. Even if we don't sit here on earth, we'll see it in heaven. Maybe you're here this morning and you're not a Christian. And for you, you need to take that step of faith in inviting Jesus into your life. Or maybe you're here this morning and you're already a Christian and God is asking you to take a step of faith in an area of your life to step out in obedience. We're now going to pray for a spirit of boldness that we would all know that God has placed where we are for such a time as this. 
Lord, I thank you so much for, for who you are, Lord. And we, we praise you for, for what you did on the cross. We thank you for, for who you are, Lord, for that you died on that cross, that you saved our sin. Lord, that we can enter into a relationship with you. Yeah, Lord, we just, we just thank you for who you are. And we pray for just a spirit of boldness, Lord, that we would go out, that we would take steps of obedience. And Lord, we pray for those that do not know you, Lord, that if, if they're here this morning and they want to take that step of obedience, Lord, we pray that you would just move in their lives, Lord. We thank you that they're at that point where they are ready to take that step. We say thank you for what you've done on the cross, Lord. We say sorry for the times where we haven't stepped out in obedience. We say sorry for the, for the ways that we've walking that's not of yours. And we invite you to just come this morning. Thanks for listening. Please do come and visit us Sundays, 10am at the Odeon Cinema in Guildford. We look forward to seeing you.